I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkist Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. and Anchorhead and on the shores of the Great Shot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hello. On today's episode, we're talking all about the pilots of Star Wars. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Uh, before we get too much further, a note from our sponsors. Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by our awesome Patreon subscribers, Click the link on Tashi-Station.net for more details and learn how you can support the show. And we're also brought to you in part by Her Universe. Flaunt your world with Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, Transformers, Doctor Who, and other fandom-inspired wardrobe and jewelry. Click the link on our blog to purchase awesome geek gear and keep the lights running on the podcast. And that brings us now to Fixer's Flash, the stuff we've been up to, the geeky things we've been up to, as it were. Uh, Nancy, how about you? Well, I decided to go ahead and reread the Icarus Hunt because Which is fantastic. it is fantastic because I don't have a million other books on my to read list that I go ahead and read a book that I've read about five times before but I um, love this book so much um, and it's kind of meets the tone of what I want for the next book I'm writing so I was like eh, I'll go ahead and reread it you know try to get me inspired and just fell in love with it all over again so i apologize for flailing about it on twitter but it's really good and everyone should read it and read it unspoiled because it needs to be it's great it's a wonderful mystery yeah i mean uh, it, it's easy to say that uh, spoiler culture is a little overrated but for this book oh yeah definitely. you really do need to go into it unspoiled i i mean i love zon star wars writing don't get me wrong um I'm really tempted to say this is his best book that he's written because it's it's just you it's know, so good. Of all the Zon I've read, I think I'd agree this is his best book. Yeah, it's just the world building is great, but it's not overpowering. And I just I want more in this more books set in this world. You know, it, it's just so good. But yeah, I've been doing that. And um, I actually just before the show finished uh draft three of the book I'd been working on which was kind of like oh I'm almost done pretty much I'm I'm gonna send it out to some more people and you want to you want to give a little ele- elevator pitch for this book or no 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 <laughs> it's the lying hand space pretty much so yeah if that interests you and um and uh which is good that I finished because next uh or two weeks from now starts a national novel writing month which I'm excited for. You know, I don't know if we talked about this before, but we might want to plug a little thing that uh, Star Wars short story author Delilah S. Dawson does that you've been taking a part of oh, these we, last we few talked weeks. About it. Ha- have we? Yes, we. Well, let's I, plug it again. I was doing a. Cl- she teaches some classes on uh, online classes, and um, if you are an aspiring author, they're very good um, teaching you about uh, this one particular one was world building. So, um, yeah, it was, it's been useful and plan on writing that book for Nano. So all of you guys who are, uh, doing Nano, 
Um, I, I sit with sympathy in you with you in November. Um, you can add me as a buddy. I'm Nancy Pants on that site. <laughs> I am taking off for a work conference the first week of Nano, and I'm not sure if you're happy or sad I'm going to be gone. <laughs> I mean, I'll get a lot of writing done, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, no kidding. Uh, as for me, um, I haven't been doing very many geeky things other than watching a lot of sports. It's been a big sports day in the uh, Schwartz-Larsen yes. household. But you also set up your keyboard. That's kind of geeky. I'm kind of geeky. I set up a I set up a uh, synthesizer I've had sitting in the closet for a long time. So yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it for me. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that brings us to what's new on the blog. And what is new on the blog, Nancy? Uh, we have a bunch of articles. Uh, Breer reviewed Hera's Heroes, which was the last week's episode of Rebels, in which Hera faced off with Grand Admiral Thrawn, and it was amazing. Um, I've really been jo- enjoying season one or season three of Rebels, and uh, towards the end of the year when they do their like hi- mid-year hiatus, we need to do a, a roundup of the first half of the season because it's been really solid. Uh, it's far and away the strongest season yeah. we've had. Super, it's been super good. Uh, we have a new teacups and one-ups column from Saf about the game Oxenfree. Uh, Matthew reviewed The Dispatcher, which is a new audiobook from John Scalzi. Narrated by Zachary Quinto. Yeah. Um, he wrote this uh, exclusively for Audible, which is kind of a neat idea. He Scalzi has done a lot of interesting um, publishing things. He did a um, serial no- two serial novels for tour that were released as, you know, different seg- segments and then collected all together into a like a paperback book and this book is was exclusively for audible so he he's kind of you know experimenting with that stuff which which is cool uh and we have some new podcast episodes uh western reaches the throne cast which was my favorite chapter so far um until next this week's which <laughs> I feel like I'm you've really, been saying that for three weeks. I know. I'm really proud of the episode title, though, because the episode title for next week's Throncast will be Lady Vader and the Emperor's Hand, which sounds like a music group or something. Yeah. Uh, also, we just posted a new episode of the book club. I was joined by Savannah, a.k.a. the Dorky Diva, to talk about Ahsoka by E.K. Johnston. Very cool. Lots yeah. of cool podcast stuff. Uh, if you don't subscribe to all of our shows, you can find links at Tashi-Station.net or you can just subscribe to the Tashi Station Network Master Feed on iTunes and Google Play. That'll deliver all of our podcasts right into your respective podcast consumption device of choice. What's our next podcast going to be, Brian? Uh, it's Throncast again tomorrow. No, I mean like our... The next podcast we're going to create because <laughs> you yeah. can't stop. Yeah, I know. Can't stop, <laughs> won't stop. But on a serious note, uh, tomorrow, new Throncast. Yeah. And Tuesday is uh, the Merc team of, of of Dice and Droids is back. Yay! We can see how they deal with a Rathtar. A Rathtar that is in love with Jay and chasing them. <laughs> Only on of Dice and Droids. Only. Okay. Yes. Uh, Deke Sturt, news from around fandom. And we start with news that Ahsoka is number one on the New York Times bestsellers list. I thought this might happen after Amazon sold out of stock. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I wasn't surprised. I knew this book had a lot of it was was going to be hugely popular. Um, most in it, it's I we talked about this on the show that it was it's just it was a perfect YA book 
you know, because it's the the combination of young female character, female, very strong female audience, and female author that, you know, kind of is the convergence of YA right now. And YA is hugely popular. Like, that's not a slight against YA. It's, it's, YA is a big deal. Um, and people who don't think so are not paying attention. So, yeah, it, it was number one uh, for... Um, I think young adult or children's or whatever that category is. So, so yeah, congratulations to E.K. Johnston, Lucasfilm Licensing, and the Disney Publishing Group. Yes, uh, that is very a, excited. That is a very exciting uh, accomplishment. Congratulations, everyone. Yeah, super awesome. And uh, speaking of books, we hop over to the adult fiction side. Uh, Delray uh, released a new Catalyst excerpt. Yeah, uh, we had... Got we got the summary a little while ago, and um, I think it was USA Today released an exclusive expert excerpt, which was is the um, the scene is Krennic sort of busting Galen Urso out of prison. Um, it's and it's his first meeting with Jin Urso, uh, baby Jin Urso. Um, so this is a it takes place during the Clone Wars. It's really interesting because it kind of sets an age for Jin. Uh, it looks like she'll be about 22 or 23 in Rogue One based on, you know, clone when the, when the Clone Wars happened. But um, I liked this excerpt. I'm not a huge fan of Lucino's prose. Um, I've liked several of his books, um, Darth Plagueis and Unifying Force, the best. Um, and, you know, enjoyed some of his other books. Some of his books I haven't liked. So, it's it kind of mainly stems on what the book is about, whether or not I enjoy it. But um, I'm interest. I'm definitely interested to read it because you know Krennic, he's my guy. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Um, what about you? You excited about this book? I I am excited. I mean, I'm I'm with you there. Um, Jim Lucino has been hit and miss for me. Um, I, I'm. I, I'm middle of the road with his prose. It speaks more to some people than it does others. Um, and some of his books speak more to me than others, like yeah. uh, Plagueis. Amaz- I, I loved Plagueis. Yeah. Uh, Tarkin, a little less so. Yeah. Um, but um, I think this is a subject that he will do good with. Yeah. Because it's a, a book that spans, it looks like it's going to span a longer period of time. Um and that, that to- always seems to be where Lucino does best. Yeah. Is when he can cover a lot of ground and work with a lot of lore and mythology yeah. to create a narrative. So I, I, I'm hoping that Catalyst is a book like that because that is really where he has just done amazing things inside of Star Wars literature. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's that's the news, which brings us over to Big's Bullshit, Star Wars film news, other kinds of news. Uh, we've got some new Rogue One character fo- or, uh, posters. These were really cool. Star Wars uh, tweeted these out and posted them on Facebook earlier. I think it was earlier this week, and they're they're just they're really great uh, posters with all of the main the main cast. And I especially loved the Krennic one, but they're all they're all super great. So you can go and find your favorite character and put them on your phone lock screen or your desktop background or something to that nature <laughs> yeah really cool designs um they've got the they got profiles of the characters and then um sort of superimposed on the top this transparency of assumedly death star mm-hmm. schematics yeah um i yeah i'm i'm getting more and more excited about rogue one the closer we get to it um you know the last trailer was really good i'm just i i want to i want to buy tickets 
they haven't sold yeah, tickets Yeah, please tell yet. us when we can buy tickets. Yeah. I like to buy tickets because the theater near us is reserved seating, and I want to get on that as soon as I can. Yes. Because we can't take that day off, unfortunately. Yeah, we've got family coming into town, so our vacation for the rest of the year is a little limited. Yes, but um, yeah, I keep getting more and more excited for Rogue One, and I, I'm I'm really interested to see how people respond to this movie and um, that what it's gonna mean for the future of Star Wars. Because you know, Episode Nine is gonna come eventually, and then what happens after that? So. No kidding. And speaking of things that have suddenly gotten more exciting, the young Han Solo film, uh, they have cast their Lando. Yeah, and you are very excited about this. I am extremely this. excited because it, because it is Donald Glover. Donald Glover, I, uh, Troy and Community, uh, he's in a new show, Atlanta. Uh, you saw him in The Martian. He is supremely gifted, um, supremely funny, supremely talented, and... I, I cannot think of a better person to cast as Lando in a movie written by Larry Kasdan, directed by uh, Chris Lord and Phil Miller. And or uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, whatever that is. Yeah, apparently he was also in um, uh, Magic Mike XXL. Uh, so people were saying, if you don't think he can be smooth, you need to watch that movie, which I think I need to watch that movie just in general. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm I was I'm really excited because I love that it's not just going to be Han. You know, Han's in it, Chewie's in it. Uh hopefully we'll finally get to see the story of how Han rescued Chewie. Um Lando's in it, which I mean seems like a no-brainer. And big rumblings that they're working on casting a female lead for the film. Yeah, which I I hope I said that I hope this movie this is basically scoundrels the movie um because that was a really fun book and even though han was the main character he wasn't the he wasn't the star like other people had important roles and you know i i hope it's more of an ensemble romp than and uh we just han's origin story we had our friend savannah here uh overnight and you were talking with her yesterday and I i loved how you put it you hope that this movie is the kanji club scene but extended to two hours yes i do i've said that ever since they announced the han solo ever since we saw the force awakens um i think they announced the han movie after i can't remember when they announced the han solo movie but basically as soon as i saw that scene i was like this is what i want the han solo movie to be i want it to be the kanji club scene um because it's so it's so Han. Like he's just trying he's just digging himself into a deeper hole and trying to get out of it. And he pulls off some crazy amazing feat so at the end. Really, it, this movie could be Raiders but in Star Wars, which yeah. would be great. Yeah, I mean it could, you know, I yeah, I have no idea what angle they're gonna go for, whether they'll it'll be a heist or an adventure movie or just some, the the castle run. Like, we have no idea, but I with the people they've gotten, they've brought onto this movie, I'm really looking forward. I'm looking forward to it now, mainly just because I think it's going to be funny, um, and I like that they're going for different angles with the standalone films. You know, they could have it could have been like Han Solo origins and be really super serious and boring, but they're like, eh, no, Han's not super serious and boring. <laughs> I mean, and you know, let's be honest, I don't know if you can get anyone better to write a young Han Solo movie than Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. So 
Yeah, th- and and his son too, which is going to be great. Yeah, so I mean, I was totally mad about this movie when it was initially announced. I'm getting more and more excited for it. Yeah, because I, I, I can't deny the talent that's working on this right now. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't think it's going to be something I'm super duper excited about, but you know, it's definitely. I I, I think once we see the first trailer. Um, it'll definitely either I'll be like, eh, okay, or I'll just be like, yep, yeah, I'm all in. But knowing, <laughs> like, I after seeing the Lego movie, I'm I'm really hopeful because that movie should have been terrible and it was great. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, we'll see on that one. But yeah, uh, Donald Glover in Star Wars, I am supremely excited. I've been wanting Donald Glover in Star Wars for quite some time. So yay, I'm yeah 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 I'm happy. And the with internet that. was really happy about. I don't this. know if I've ever seen my time my Twitter timeline as happy with casting announcement as they were for Donald Glover, and my Twitter timeline is picky. Yeah. So yeah, very excited. Hooray, Donald Glover! Uh, and uh, my my favorite thing was uh, Lord and Miller uh, in, in their quote for the StarWars.com article, uh, preemptively apologizing to Donald Glover for ruining Comic Con for them for I him. Know. Uh, so good. Yes. And now it is time for Cammy's Concerns, our weekly dive into a discussion topic of our choosing, because, you know, that's how the format we use works. Deal with it. And this week's topic, we are discussing the Antilles extraction, uh, one of the uh, recent episodes of Star Wars Rebels, and why it was awesome. Mainly, this is an excuse for us to talk about pilots, and I know you are very surprised. I'm actually very surprised that we really haven't had this discussion before Have we now. ever really had an I mean, entire pilot devoted Cammy's concerns? I don't think so. I mean, we've talked about certain books. We've talked about, like, X-Wing books. We've talked about, like, pilot-related things, but we haven't really talked about pilot fandom and that sort of aspect of Star Wars yet, and... After the Antilles extraction, it became clear that we had to have this discussion when people were like, who's Hobby Clivian? Why is he important? And I was like, oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So good. Yes. Yeah, it's weird. It took 157 regular episodes before we picked up this topic for Cammy's concerns. Well, thank you, Rebels. Yeah, thanks. Great, great (laughs) opportunity. So, should we go through the Antilles extraction a little bit first? Yeah, I think we should talk about the Antilles extraction a little bit first. I mean, we don't normally just review single episodes mm-hmm. of Rebels on TSR, no. but yeah, why not? Let's let's do it. Yeah. Well, so the the episode mainly consisted of Sabine going undercover in Skystrike Academy. Also, A plus Gary Witta for using Sabine. Yes. As the point character for this. Yes, and I liked that they, like, Ezra kind of protested that he should go undercover because he did it before. And then Sabine is like, yes, but I actually went to the academy. And because this is an elite academy, um, it wouldn't have worked for Ezra to go in. Like, Sabine is such a, was such a high-ranking cadet that, you know, her going in, she can get by and sort of, you know pretend to be there and have it work um but so she goes in there uh they've gotten word from fulcrum that there are cadets wanting to defect and briefly back to fulcrum yes 
So we discover that Fulcrum is uh, an alias used by multiple agents, uh, was devised by Ahsoka Tano. As we see in the book Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, this Ahsoka, or this Fulcrum is not Ahsoka. No. Uh, it, is a, it is a man. Um, and th- um, I really, I thought it was interesting that they changed Wedge's backstory Um a lot of people didn't realize in Legends, he they went into his backstory a little bit in comic flashbacks, but um, never really had a like a story in that you know time frame. Um, I think you know his backstory more than I do. Yeah, essentially, he grew up on a fueling depot. Uh, long story short, some Imperials were douche canoes. <laughs> and uh blew up the fueling depot i thought it was uh like pirates that fueled the fueling yeah pirates were kind of involved also but, but this the was empire this was imperial aided in a sense well and also the empire didn't help yes yeah so wedge kind of had to go off and uh get revenge on his own yeah he he gets revenge and then winds up with the rebel alliance yes that's essentially the shorthand version from legends right um so the fuel depot is actually mentioned uh, in aftermath. Um, in during one of his POV sections, he mentions the fuel depot, um, and but they don't go into detail of you know that that was his home or that the Empire blew it up or anything. Um, but in in this episode, he is you know he's in the Empire and he says that he joined the Empire because he was flying cargo and you know thought he could basically you know serve the galaxy um but didn't really realize what serving the empire entailed so i'm really interested to see how the fuel depot you know works into his backstory if it just he grew up there and then joined the empire did they act did they destroy it did anyone destroy it like i want to know more (laughs) but yeah so in this um, in in Legends, he was never a part of the Empire. Um, that was other other um, Rogue Squadron pilots came from the Empire, but Wedge was not one of them. Yeah, and we'll cover it later, but uh, the the Wedge in Rebels feels like a little amalgamation of a couple different pilots from Legends, but we'll come back to that. Yes. So um, basically, you know, the he, they 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 end up defect. They end up trying to defect. They get caught. Um, Sabine busts them out and they are able to escape with um, the Ezra and Kanan and Hera and all that they the ghost basically comes back to save them at the last minute but um, well not so much the coast but a corvette yes being led by uh, Kanan and Ezra yes um, so the os- the uh, it was it was wonderful seeing Wedge in this episode, and he was written very well. Uh, he didn't want to be a number, <laughs> which is it's so so like Wedge. Um, his line, "I can fly anything." It's just I'm like, please give us a story of Wedge Antilles teaching Poe Dameron to fly. I'm like, Wedge cannot die in Empire's End because he needs to sl- live so he can teach. Someone fly. needs to mentor Poe how to fly, and we know Mama Bay. Past well, and you know, yeah, she she teaches him how to fly the A wing and stuff. But you know, once once he gets on to you know the the mill, you know, goes up in the academy, you know, he's gonna he's gonna have to take classes somehow. And why not have Wedge as his mentor? He he looks up to him. 
He's a hero of the rebellion, just like mom. But back to Rebels. Back to Rebels. So it's not, uh, it was great seeing uh, Wedge, but um, there was a picture that came from the trailer that was three pilots, and it was Sabine in disguise, Wedge, and then a blonde-haired pilot. A lot of people were wondering who this other pilot was. Some people were hoping it was Taiko Selchu, and I was one of them. But I also knew that that was a very long shot. Um, and a more likely story for that pilot was that it was Hobby Clivian. And in fact, it was Hobby Clivian. And who is Hobby Clivian, you may ask? Hobby Clivian is the pilot from The Empire Strikes Back who says, two fighters against a Star Destroyer. And that basically sums up his entire characterization in Legends. A pessimistic butt monkey. He is the biggest pessimist. He is the butt of all the jokes. And he is hilarious. And I love him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Hobby is probably the least known of the what what is called the Fab Four. Uh, from from piloting fandom, this is a thing, the Fab Four. Yes, they are the Fab Four. Google pilot Fab Four, and you'll find fan art, which is, it, there's some really good fan art of them. Uh, but it's Wedge Antilles, Tycho Selchio from the Rogue Squadron books, uh, Wes Jansen, and um, Javi. And Wes is uh, Wedge's gunner in Empire. So of all of these, Wedge, Wes, Javi, Arcanon, we know that. We've seen, we've seen, they're in the movies, so they're in. Tycho, we don't know if he's canon anymore. He, we hope so. We want him to come back. Because I can't imagine the three of them without Tycho. It just does not work. So, yeah, back, back to Rebels again. (laughs) Sorry! (laughs) You let Uh, me talk about pilots. I know. Uh, Sabine busts them out. They steal a TIE bomber. Uh, They manage to get an assist from uh, Ezra and Kanan. And And also, they get an assist from Agent Callus. Yes, they do get an assist from Agent Callus. Um, who says that they're now even. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so a- Agent Callus helps spring them. Mm-hmm. Is he the new Fulcrum? Who knows? Um, we'll mm-hmm. probably find out more later. Uh, oh, can we talk about t- Space Tom Scarrett real quick? Yes. <laughs> His name was Scarus. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. We're, we're on to you, Gary Widow. We're on <laughs> to you. Well, I mean, they pretty much said it was Top Gun. So, yeah. But, yeah, I love this episode. Um, I I know a lot of people were kind of grumbling about why Hobby had to be included. Why not use another unknown pilot? But, you know, as as Pablo said in Rebels Recon, they they knew that he was someone that they could reference that people knew, uh, you know, a pilot from the movies. And I'm sorry, it's just a fun throwaway thing for Legends fans, you know, is how... Wes and Hobby became friends and knew each other. And it also creates a very interesting story potential because in Legends, Hobby and Biggs were at the Academy together, uh, were on the Rand, were they at, I think they were at the Academy together. Then they, jo- they, they joined the crew of the Rand Ecliptic and mutinied. Um, and this was, if you've seen those deleted scenes with Biggs and Luke, this is what he was talking about, that they were going to defect from the Empire to the Rebel Alliance. So Hobby was part of that team that defected. And um, 
I know a lot of people have said they want to see this story, maybe in Rebels or in another form of media, because it's, it's super awesome. Um, and people were wondering, well, if Hobby's defected now, does that mean he didn't, he wasn't on the Rand Ecliptic? And I believe Pablo tweeted or um, wrote something where basically said that there's no, there's no reason Hobby can't do the same thing for Biggs that Sabine did for them. Basically going yeah, so in and infiltrating and helping them who defect. Who knows? Maybe Hobby gets himself onto the Rand Ecliptic at I, some point. I, I love that idea, by Hobby the way. Hobby and Wedge. Like I mm-hmm. that that's a it's a fantastic idea and I hope I hope we see them again because it that would be that would, would be, be great. so good. Yeah. Right. Um I, I want to go back to something you said uh, just a moment ago, um, where people where you're talking about people who were getting annoyed or upset that they used Hobby mm-hmm. as a fan service nod. I mean Fan service like that isn't inherently a bad thing. It's not because it makes sense. There's no reason why Hobby wouldn't be at Sky Strike Academy. You know, he's a he's which a future they, member of Rogue Squadron, yeah, which they bill as the Top Gun yeah. of the Empire. I mean, any any one of those pilots from Empire, you know, Zev Sineska, um, e- it could have been Wes, you know, mm-hmm. e- even Dak. Like any one of those guys could have been who could have played this role. Um, and you know, it's just, it's just a cool but, idea, you know, more, more of more of a meta fandom commentary. I mean, fan service is fun when it's a thing you're into, mm-hmm. um, for a lot of old legends and original trilogy fans. This was a really nice bit of fan service that acknowledged a part of a part of the Star Wars you grew up with mm-hmm. that you really enjoyed meant a lot to you. That's really neat when yeah. you see it in an animated property like Clone Wars, which is as canon as it gets. Yeah. Um, and two episodes later, the episode we just got this weekend, um, the last last, the last battle, battle. Um, there are a lot of really neat uh, Clone Wars callbacks i mean the whole episode is yeah a, the whole is episode a is a clone wars callback yeah um but i i the uh what was the name of the um the commanding droid kalani kalani uh, kalani was a character in clone wars mm-hmm. and it would it's neat to see a character like that show up again yeah. in rebels it is a it is a it is a fun callback and it's a neat nod for the reasons that was fun and neat is why it was really neat to have a character like Hobby yeah. show up in an episode of Rebels. There, it's it's fun, it's it, fun and a great nod for the exact same reasons. Yeah, fan service really only becomes a problem when it doesn't fit the story. When it's only done because fans will like it. But if something fits the story and fans like it, there's nothing bad with it. I yeah. mean, using Thrawn in season three is complete fan service. Oh, totally. But. It serves the story, it, you know. They wouldn't, and I think they've the people who are you know producing all of Star Wars nowadays. It does, they've proven that they're not going to do something just because people want it. Yeah, no, they're they're only going to do it if it makes sense. Yeah, and in both of these cases, with Hobby and with Kalani, it made sense. Yeah, and it makes sense, and it's a great nod towards uh, previous properties or towards previous things in Star Wars mm-hmm. that are kind of an acknowledgement towards, towards fans. Yeah, we know you were here for this. 
we appreciate you're still here now. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, if you're going to get angry about someone like Hobby showing up in Rebels, you have to also get angry about a character like Kalani or Darth- showing in Rebels. Or Darth Maul. Or Darth Maul. <laughs> or Thrawn. Or, yeah. Insert character here. Or, I, I'm sorry, but Ahsoka too. <laughs> yes. So, moral of the story, fan service isn't necessarily inherently bad. I mean, and here's the thing I here's the thing I say a lot. It's okay if something isn't for you. Mm-hmm. And if it's not for you, that's fine. Right. I've let the people it is for yeah. enjoy that it's there. I'm trying to really correct myself with this. Like I know there's a lot of things in Star Wars that aren't like in my main wheelhouse, mainly the Ahsoka book, but I try to look at it for what it is and a lot of people are you know super happy that Ahsoka is getting a book so who am I to poo poo that you well, know yeah and especially now with Star Wars because it is way less one track focused than it ever has been yeah so there's something for everyone now and that that means that there's going to be something for you yeah. there's also going to be stuff that just doesn't push your buttons for any reason and, and that's I, fine I mean it's so glad I, it makes me so happy that there is so much Star Wars now that there's something for everyone you know like, yeah, no one is getting left in the cold anymore. No. And that is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Tangent over. Tangent over. That's our little <laughs> meta fandom commentary rant thing, whatever. Back to Rogue Squadron. And hey, why don't we get into the history yes. of Rogue Squadron? Let's get into the history so of Rogue Squadron. So we have Squadron. to start with Empire Strikes Back when we yeah. first learn of Rogue Group. Yeah. So Luke is the leader of Rogue Group. Those are the snow speeders who fly the Battle of Hoth. Um... Now, now that, you know, Legends has been made Legends, we really don't know much about Rogue Squadron yeah, in it, canon. It used to be that Rogue Group was founded after the Battle of Yavin to be the premier starfighter outfit right. in the Rebellion. Yes. They were the premier unit uh, on Hoth yeah. that uh, provided the cover for the evacuation at Endor Rogue Group was temporarily renamed Red Squadron in honor of the Red Squadron at the Battle of Yavin Wedge yep. Wedge Antilles was in command at that point and then once you get past Empire yeah. there is a whole bunch of amazing yeah. Rogue Squadron lore and they never really pinned down how the original Rogue Group formed it was kind of always known that Luke and Wedge formed it together but um we got like there were some tidbits in the rogue squadron books and comics um but we also um knew that there were um i the the star wars comic written by brian wood also kind of went into the formation of rogue squadron a little bit more where it was more wedges thing um so it, it never really was pinned down. Yeah, how even Rogue Squadron even formed. in Legends, there was never a right. settled story. So now that we have a movie called Rogue One that uses the Rogue name, I really hope we get a story of how the Snowspeeder group we see in Empire is using the name Rogue. Um, we haven't had Rogue Squadron in canon, you know, other than Empire Strikes Back. We had they haven't showed up in aftermath they haven't showed up in the luke skywalker book the weapon of a jedi luke and luke and um wedge are still red uh using the red call signs so my my dream in at the end of rogue one there's a little epilogue 
scene in which you hear some footsteps walk in. Uh, they're wearing pilot outfits and black boots, and you see two helmets being set down on a table, one belonging to Luke, one belonging to Wedge. And there's Mon Mothma saying, we have a new assignment for you. We're building a premier starfighter squadron you were designated rogue group i don't know if that's gonna happen in the movie i don't know either but it's my dream <laughs> they could happen in a book you know but yeah i hope i hope that we get confirmation that they're using the rogue name in empire as a tribute to the the the, the team that sold the plans so we'll see we'll see what that happens yeah so there's there's a in in legends there's a lot of really interesting backstory right. as to how they were created but there's nothing really settled as to how they were created um but uh, there was a lot of stuff after uh return of the jedi yeah that features rogue squadron and Reg red squadron i mean we start with obviously the thrawn trilogy yeah so the thrawn trilogy is not the first in chronology in chronology but it was the first that was published um they um zon used wedge and rogue squadron um he used wedge as a pov character um, throughout the trilogy, and he used Rogue Squadron during um, all his his space battle scenes. Um, and um, in the 20th anniversary edition of Heir of the Empire, there's an annotation where he discusses why he used them. Um, and he says, Rogue Squadron was half convenience and half a throwaway line. A unit I could move around wherever I needed it with Wedge in command because anyone who can survive three Star Wars movies is welcome in my book any day. <laughs> I would never in my wildest dreams have guessed how well and how far Mike Stackpole and later Aaron Olsen would run with the whole idea. Oh, my heart. Yes. Um, and funnily enough, I think Chuck one day kind of said the same thing about using Wedge in Aftermath. <laughs> that I, I, every, I, everyone is like, yes, he's a character that people like and they they like they know him and we can do whatever we want with him because he's a blank slate <laughs> I, I think uh, at dragon con the quote was someone asked him about w using wedge and chuck's reply was why not that was me that was oh, that's <laughs> right that was you <laughs> um so yeah they went rogue squadron is used um throughout uh the the thrawn trilogy um but it wasn't until uh they started um i think the video games came first and you played them. The, um, because before the books, yeah. Because I know the no, um, well, the books were re the books were designed to be tie-in to the video. Games. Oh, oh, we're, we're talking about the X-wing and Tie Fighter games. Yes. Yeah. Sure. So Ro Rogue, <laughs> Rogue Squadron only had flinting cameos through mm. all of the X-wing trilogy video games. Well. What are um, the X-Wing trilogy video games? Uh, well, <laughs> there's actually four games. Uh, there's X-Wing, there's TIE Fighter, and I can't remember if Rogue Squadron actually shows up in those two. Um, there's uh, there's X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, which is a massively multiplayer online game, and there was X-Wing Alliance, which they were definitely in. Okay. Uh, X-Wing Alliance came out in 99. Okay. But, the, but um, they definitely designed the x-wing series of books to yes. tie into the video yeah games. i mean if you've if you've played the game if you've played x-wing and tie fighter and you've read the x-wing books particularly the mike stackpole books you see where he copied the gameplay mechanics whole play and scenarios the, yeah and <laughs> scenarios into the book mechanics yeah <laughs> which was really neat yeah so um the x-wing also i bet they used uh, they got to put x-wing and tie fighters tax write-offs yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the x-wing 
um, novel series. I believe it started coming out in 96. Um, and the first four books were written by Meg Sackpole and consist of Rogue Squadron, Wedge's Gamble, Kratos Trap, and The Back to War. Plug for Rogue Padron, who is reading through all of these books for the yes, first time. If you've never read these books or if you've read them before and want to revisit them, please, please, please go check out Rogue Padron. Yes. Plug over. <laughs> so basically, Mike and Aaron Alston later basically took the idea and completely ran with it. So Rogue Squadron um, was decommissioned after Endor. And then later on, Wedge reforms the squadron. Um, and this these books tell that story with with uh, Corrin Horn is the main character. Um, and we also get introduced to a ton of characters that are super important to the EU, like Taiko Selchu and Gavin Darklater and a bunch of other other characters. Um, those did really, really well. <laughs> they they hit the New York Times bestsellers list. I don't know if anyone was expecting them to. They did. Re- I mean, these were books that were designed to tie into video games. And With a minor character from the films. Yes. And they did super well. This was basically when Wedge exploded in popularity. Um, and, at, and concurrently, they also had a comic series. Yes, that takes place between uh, Return of the Jedi and the first X-Wing book. Yes. Yeah. So um, the, some of the same characters, um, some are not. Um, so in the first Rogue books, we don't really get uh, Wes or Hobby um, because they are with another group. They're, I think they're, well, I at, they're think training they're, pilots. I think they're at an academy yeah. training pilots. So this is really Wedge and Tycho sort of, you know, their friendship is solidifying here. Um, but uh, Wedge and Tycho and Hobby and Wes are all in the comics. Um, so if you want more of them, you can read that. Um, afterwards, they moved on to the Race Squadron books, where we got a lot more pilots <laughs> um, who are awesome in their own right. And Wes became a starring character. Wes Jansen became a starring character in in these books. He and he and Wedge are leaders of Race Squadron, while Tycho and Hobby are leading Rogue Squadron. Um, we do get more hobby in later books. Um, uh, Izard's Revenge has all four of them. And then Starfighters of Adamar, which is a.k.a. one of the greatest EU books ever written, if not the greatest. <laughs> Anytime I need a book to put me in a happy place, I pick up Starfighters of Adamar. It's my favorite book ever. Uh, it never fails to put a smile on my face. And this is the book that pretty much you know, solidified the four of them as the Fab Four. Because they, they're they the four pilots that go off on yeah, this it's, mission. Yeah, it's Wedge Antilles, Tycho Selchu, Wes Jansen, and Hobby Clivian on a diplomatic mission. And it's just as fun as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, I also need to talk, if we're talking about the history of pilots, we need to talk about Union. Which y- is... Yes, Union the Cheeseball comic. Union is uh, written by Michael Stackpole. It's the marriage of Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade, and it's basically a Bantam's greatest characters. It's reunion. Mike Stackpole gets to write fanfic, and it's amazing. It is. Um, we've got you know Wedge and Corin and a bunch of other characters that we met over the Rogue Squadron books, um, and it's it's delightful. There there isn't X Wing combat action, but 
all of those characters that you love are in it and it's and it's wonderful and great um so after that they moved on to the new jedi order series which was a sprawling 19 book series set over five years um and mike sackpole and aaron alston were brought in to do um they contributed i believe two, two books apiece yeah t- a, a duology apiece mike was at the very beginning of the um series the with the dark tide duology um and um he focused a lot on rogue squadron in that series um because jaina solo who's han and leia's daughter joins rogue squadron um i'm studiously avoiding rogue squadron spoilers <laughs> or trying to but basically jana joins rogue squadron so we get a lot of rogue squadron action um enemy lines which is later on in the series um is uh basically return of wraith squadron uh luke and mara and some other jedi go on a mission uh to coruscant with Wraith squadron and it's really funny and hilarious and i love the way also poignant he wrote and luke sad and at many points i love the way he wrote luke and mara <laughs> he was so good um and yeah if you want to know why there is a huge pilot fandom following it has a lot to do with both mike and aaron yeah. and the way they wrote these characters uh for me in particular aaron alston and they're also they were also really Inner involved yeah. with fandom, they, they were, yeah. I mean, uh, Aaron and Mike, uh, and Tim Zahn would show up every year religiously to Dragon Con, every year religiously yeah. to the Origins Game Fest, Game Fair, yeah. And they interacted with fans, they talked about their books, and um, because of their interaction with fans and the way they, they wrote and humanized these characters, really, these pilots were some of the most human, relatable characters in all of the Star Wars literature sphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, after New Jedi Order was over, they kind of moved on to other really long books, nine book series. Yeah, and uh, Tim was kind of only working on one-offs yeah. uh, here and there, scattered throughout the timeline. Mike, uh, hadn't re- Mike hasn't written Star Wars since um, Dark Tide. Yeah. Uh, so really, it was only Aaron Alston that was still around kind of extensively using these characters. Yeah. And pretty much if it wasn't for Aaron, they wouldn't have been used. Um, I mean, Corrin stays around as a Jedi. So he he becomes a big character, but his pilot background is kind of lost to the ether. But Aaron brought in all of the pilots um, and descendants of some of the pilots, um, which were which were great to read about. Um, um, and Rogue Squadron also kind of made an appearance in Luke Skywalker and the Shadows of Mindor. The book starts out with Hobby um, basically losing some more limbs. <laughs> and I read that and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Matthew Stober can write a uh, X-Wing book if he wants to. That would be good. Sadly, he never did. He didn't. Um, and But we really didn't get anything that was purely dedicated to pilots until 2012 with Mercy Co. So some background here. Uh, on the calendar, um, on the calendar at a certain point was um, 
the uh, Second Imperial Commando book yes. uh, to be written by Karen Travis. Um, for all sorts of reasons, Karen Travis backed out of writing the book, which left a hole in the publishing calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucasfilm Licensing and Delray approached Aaron Alston, I believe, originally to write Imperial Commando 2. I think, I don't know if they were offering it I, to him or if I, it would, I don't yeah. know if that was what was offered to him. I believe that's something they had been considering, though. Yeah. I, because I do recall uh, Alston saying that um, that was a possibility. Yeah. That he would be the one to write Imperial Commando 2. But instead, they gave him another After, book. what, a 13-year hiatus? Um, well, 13, 14? Yeah, I mean, I think the last X-Wing book came out in 99. Yeah, 99 Starfighters came out Starfighters. It was the final book of the Bantam Spectre contract. Yeah, and Act Mercy Kill came out in 2012. And I remember when it was announced at Celebration 5 in 2010, I was not keeping up with the EU then. Um, that was sort of the, the con that got me back into fandom because I went to the, a publishing panel because I had nothing else to do. And I'm like, oh, I'll see what, you know, I used to love the EU. So I'm like, well, I'm, I'll give them a chance. Yeah. And then I went in and they announced Mercy Kill and or another X-Wing book and people lost their minds. Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, <laughs> there uh, it, it had been 13 years since the last X-Wing books, but there were still small pockets of sort of pilot sub-fandom yeah. still active on the internet. Uh, there were a couple live journal communities. There was an Envision Free form. There were some places uh, on the Force.net forums uh, in which uh, there were still pilot fandom fans just kind of hanging around. And those communities absolutely blew up the instant that announcement went out. Yeah, and you were a lot more involved in like pilot sub fandom than I ever was. Yeah, I was in all of those communities. <laughs> so, if alt fan wedge was still around, that would have blown up too. So yeah, like basically what like you guys basically just wrote tons of fanfic. Yeah, much. I mean that comu- that community was pretty much being held alive by uh, fan fiction, yeah. uh, fan fiction, a little bit of fan art, but mostly fan fiction. Um, uh, odds are, if you searched out uh, pilot fic, you ran across crap I wrote from <laughs> about 2007 to 2012. It's good. It's okay. It's good. Yeah, good chance you ran into stuff I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the piloting fandom community was being held up mostly by that, and then Mercy Kill comes along, and wow, a shot of adrenaline into the arm of that sub-fandom. Seriously, yeah. And, um, you know... I have a lot of, you know, it's funny because people always focus on Sword of the Jedi as the book that they wish they could have gotten from Legends um, if Legends had continued. Um, For me, it's always that I I mourn the loss of the future adventures of Ray Squadron. Because I know it, the book got a really good reception. It got a good reception. Aaron it- had ideas for future wraith squadron books um with those characters um and then the sale happened and so well the the sale happened and um then shortly after that uh, Aaron Aaron passed passed away which um still really hurts it is really really stings yeah Aaron was a Aaron was a huge part of the fan community yeah um, him, Mike, and Tim would do the Tim, Mike, and Aaron show mm-hmm. at conventions where they would just riffy off each other 
for an hour. It was always a great time. Aaron was such a Aaron was such a funny person yes. and a genuinely kind, wonderful human being. I mean, he was a big reason that uh, this show got any legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were less than 20 episodes in and Aaron graciously agreed to do an interview Mike with and us. Aaron. Mike and Aaron. Yeah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, with uh, Aaron's passing... Um, any, any chance of them doing future yeah, books? Yeah, any chance go of going doing future books? I mean, even Wraith Squadron reimagined. Yeah, went away, which is it, it's it's tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it 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 didn't go away completely it, because it, did, it seems like we're getting a movie. That's Wraith Squadron. Yeah, it, it didn't go away completely, and I I think. I think especially if you read like the aftermath books, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of Aaron's fingerprints, yeah. still there. Yeah. So that's basically a history of pilots in Star Wars expanded universe. Pilots in Star Wars literature, specifically and why Rogue, specifically Rogue Squadron, and why there's a fandom around them. Um. So we mentioned Wedge and Hobby before talking about the Antilles extraction. Um, we also mentioned Tycho and Wes as some of the other Fab Four. Um, and I've you know been talking to a bunch of people wondering, like, where are the other pilots during Rebels time frame and can we see them? Um, I, I think that Wes Jansen um, is flying with General Dodonna's group. Um, Having been picked up from the... Tierfon, the Tierfon Yellow Aces. Yeah, Wes. Uh, Wes um, that's the uh, the old legends backstory is that he flew with the Tierfon Yellow Aces, and then they got sort of folded into the larger rebellion. Um, Tycho um, served the Empire um, and defected after Alderaan, as he was an Alderanian. Uh, he was an Alderanian, so obviously that uh, had a big effect on him. He is the uh, anti Nash. Windrider, or or yeah, if, you, if Nash Windrider is the anti Tycho Seltzer. Yeah, if you want to know what Mirror Nash Windrider yeah. is, Mirror Nash Windrider is Tycho Seltzer. And actually, when I was reading Lost Stars, I was thinking, oh, they're gonna do another um another Tycho with Nash, and she totally and flipped didn't. that on its head. And that's one of the reasons I think the book works so well because of that trope, that reversal. Um, but yeah, Taiko is one of those one of the, I think I've I've said it before. There are a lot of characters I want from Legends that I want to move over, and Taiko is the one I want the most because I think it would be really easy for them to to use him, and he just fits in so well. So I'm I'm still hoping, even if they change his backstory that he defects before Alderaan, I'll be okay with that. Just 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 use him, please, Chuck. If Tycho shows up in Empire's End, it's going to take every ounce of of strength that I have not to shout it all over Twitter. Chuck, if you use Tycho, I will pre-order all of your books from now until the <laughs> end of time. I probably would have already, but of course, then that's ironclad at that point. We have to specify, don't kill him. <laughs> <laughs> don't kill Wedge either. Yeah. But then there's other pilots, too, that they showed in Empire Strikes Back. We've got Zev Sineska, who is the I found them guy. Uh, and um, Rogue, too. Um, uh, Dak Ralter, although he's pro- he's a little younger, so I don't know if he'd show up. But um, did have a nice appearance in Lost Stars. Yes, he did. Um, so, yeah, um, 
I I'm I'm really glad that they use these characters. I you know if they used Wes, that would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so even though these stories are legends, we're getting a lot of influences in canon. Um, we mentioned aftermath before. Um, you know aftermath the 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 big thing with aftermath is that it uses wedge. <laughs> wedge is the main character. Wedge is one of the main characters. Um, and in as of life debt he is leading phantom squadron which sounds a lot like rogue squadron (laughs) by the description maybe a little more like wraith Squadron. yeah (laughs) yep so um yeah so um we also got some pilot action in lost stars by um claudia gray because thane carell defects to the rebel alliance after being recruited by wedge and chilies correct um and he um joins corona squadron um we see we also hear mention of corona squadron in um in uh, shattered empire the comic because shara bay is flying at endor so we get we've gotten some pilot action and a lot of stuff um and which which is really cool one of my favorites is the weapon of a jedi which is the luke skywalker young middle grade book written by jason fry um which starts off with luke and wedge flying together which i read i started reading that chapter and i was like jason fry wrote this book for me (laughs) thank you jason fry thanks jason because luke was a pilot first and a lot of people forget that um they um i know the um there's an arc in the star wars comic that's focusing a lot on um x-wings and i think wedge makes an appearance so that's also really cool um, but one of the big ones is obviously the Poe Dameron comic, yeah, which you and I both love. <laughs> oh my God, Charles Sewell, uh, just knocking it out of the park, yeah, with those comics. He, um, yeah. So Poe is leading a new Fab Four, which is him and um, three other pilots who are forming Black Squadron, um, trying to find Lore Santeca. And um, I love the Star Pilot act, Starfighter action. Um, this is probably the closest we're going to get to a Rogue Squadron comic. <laughs> boy, howdy, <laughs> it's X-Men good comic, and I, I I take it because I, I love it. So yeah. good. Yeah. And uh, well, then there's Rogue One, and we've seen some interesting things in the trailers. A lot more X-wing action than I thought we were going to get. Yes. Um, so there's X-Wings in the trailer. <laughs> I'm always in favor of that. Yeah. But I, I, I mentioned it on the last show when we talked about the trailer that I really want to know where the, like, how we're going to follow the space battles. You know, is it background stuff going on? Um, we're not going to really know the characters. Or are we actually following one of the pilots? Um, and we've gotten some um, photo, like, trading cards of them. Um, that we the shows a group of three male pilots that are looking seventies tastic. Also, a female pilot uh, that looks a lot like Yvonne Verlaine from the Princess Leia comic. Um, people are kind of hoping. Oh, we that forgot it's to her. talk about that too. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, but you know, Yvonne is is a is a pilot um, in the in Leia comics. So um, yeah, um, we've getting we're getting a lot of stuff. Um, we haven't gotten, you know, an X-Wing book <laughs> or an X-Wing comic proper, but I, I'm i really enjoying that they're putting all this into all the other bits of canon media because it's 
it's I you know it's like yes there's people who really love the Jedi and there's people who really love the bounty hunters and there's people who love the pilots and they're all part of Star Wars and it works best when you put them all together a- absolutely and um yeah so th- this has been a long and rambling discussion of why hobby <laughs> matters <laughs> hobby Clivian is very important he is a wonderful pessimistic so the cinnamon roll the 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 over the river and through the woods discussion here (laughs) is why use hobby clivian hobby clivian is hobby clivian is a token of that goes back to this piloting fandom Mm -hmm. that was really big in legends yeah and for a lot of people who read these x-wing books and came into fandom really because of them um hobby is hobby is a little touchstone yeah like kalani is a touchstone to the clone wars tv series Mm -hmm. um or ahsoka is a touchstone to the clone wars tv series yeah um hobby is that touchstone to another part of the part of the star wars fabric right which is why you use a character like hobby yeah and why that's totally cool it is totally awesome, and I really hope we see more of Wedge and Hobby um, in Rebels. I hope we see more pilot action. I know Henry Gilroy teased that at Dragon Con. Um, my pipe dream for this season or any future seasons is the income defection, um, which... So in Legends, in the company Incom, which designed the X-Wing fighter, originally designed it for the Empire. But the schematics were stolen, and they ended up being produced for the Rebellion. Oh, that'd be so good. There's a photo in um, the Essential Guide to Warfare by Jason Fry, which shows Mon Mothma, Bail Organa, Admiral Akbar, and Garm Bell Iblis, who is a Legends character, um, sitting around a table looking at the like a blueprint of the X-Wing. And I want to see that picture in Rebels so bad. Oh, I just want that picture to be canon. I, I know. It, it, yeah. But yeah, pilot fandom. It exists. It was a thing. And that's why yeah. hobby matters. And just to end up... You know, I I know people say, well, why should I read these books? They're not canon anymore. They don't matter. I hate reading space battles. I um, also, I did not read these books for a very long time because I didn't want to read about space battles. What did you miss out on? Uh, The best character building um, (laughs) and um, especially in the Wraith Squadron books. Like I, I was amazed at how good these, how much I loved these characters. Um, And I'm like, this is. These are really emotional, like, and there's a lot of relationship stuff in there. And I'm like, okay, this is not what I expected. And I'm glad I read them. (laughs) All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up there. Uh, Do check out the X-Wing books. Uh, They really are fantastic. And if you want a little book club, again, we're going to plug Rogue Podron. Yes, we are. All right. This episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by Hurry Universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. Check out the links on the blog. Help us keep the lights on for this show and all the other shows on the network. On Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore station. That's the official show account. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. So that's Nancy with an I. You can find us on the fi- on Facebook at Tashi Station Network. We're available on the iTunes Store, Stitcher, and 
and Google Play. Uh, you can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Thanks for listening to another episode. We'll catch you all next time. podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Draft Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, my God.